welcome to the Well and Wealthy podcast with your host, Alicia McPherson. The grand rising for hormones in recovery. In this episode, I want to talk to you about what your morning routine should look like if you are someone struggling with hormonal issues, your hormones are are in recovery mode. Honestly, I think everyone needs a really solid way to start your day because how we start our day very much shapes what our cortisol does, right? If we're going to have elevated cortisol or depleted cortisol, it sets the tone for our insulin response too. Like when I'm looking at someone's overall health picture, I really look at their, their morning. How does it look? What are they doing? Are they setting their body up in a way that's going to support them for the rest of the day? So this episode is for you. If you are kind of overwhelmed on where to start, and we are just going to start at the very beginning, the moment your eyes open up to begin a new day. And this is relevant for those whose hormones are in recovery mode, meaning you're exhausted when you wake up right? It feels like your eyelids got weight on them. There's weights holding them down. It's hard to get going in your morning. Maybe you press snooze a few times. You are exhausted throughout the day. It might be midday slump. It might be the end of the day. It might be consistent throughout the day. You just don't have the energy to keep up with your life. You're irritable, right? Snappy at loved ones, snappy at life in general. Maybe your moods are very unpredictable, So you might go between happy, go lucky, optimistic, and then all of a sudden you're very anxious, or then you go kind of depressed, a very low mood. You might end up irritable or just wiry, high strung. So moods are very unpredictable. You're most likely holding on to at least 20 pounds of weight. You feel like you're dragging your butt throughout the day to accomplish anything. Focus isn't there. Motivation isn't there. You're definitely not efficient. Maybe you have cravings and ultimately we just don't feel good on top of any hormone specific, like sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone symptoms, we might have like PCOS, painful periods, PMS, fibroids, all of that as well. If you're in menopause, it could look like hot flashes. It could look like the weight gain as well. So this is, this episode is for you, the morning routine that I think that we should be incorporating if our hormones are in that recovery mode. Now, I very much understand that health is overwhelming, right? If you've, a lot of you have found me on social media and, and you've also probably found other influencers on social media and everyone tends to have a different opinion on things, right? And it can be very overwhelming. Health is unfortunately not this black or white answer. We've got to remember that even these influencers are talking to a specific person, right? Like when I create content, I am talking for talking to, and for the woman that has 20 plus pounds of weight to lose. She's most likely um, got adrenal issues, cortisol, or either elevated or depleted cortisol. And there's some sort of hormonal issue happening that's causing her to gain weight. This is who I'm speaking to. I'm not necessarily talking to a 40 year old man who, you know, eats dessert all day, right? I'm not speaking to that, or I'm not speaking to maybe uh, a 12-year-old girl who's who's trying to, to lose weight or a 12-year-old who just has really dysregulated periods. So it's really important to remember this when you are absorbing content online, who is that person talking to, right? What health advice are they giving and for what specific person? I once had this client that, or patient at the time, she would come in and always give me stats based on what Dr. Oz told her. 
And I'm like, yeah, there's some really relevant data behind this and, and what Dr. Oz is saying, but we've got to look at who is this data for? Is it just for the general population, which is why women don't necessarily get the treatments or the, the protocols that the healing that they need to is because a lot of the information given is based on general health. So men, women of all ages. And when you read big blogs like Dr. Oz or any other massive health influencer, we've got to remember who are they speaking to. And a lot of times with this particular audience, it's everyone. It's the full demographic. So we've got to keep that in mind that when you're absorbing health information online, look at who is this person talking to, right? If I had a 50-year-old man with diabetes come in, they want to lose 50 pounds, that's not who my content is for, right? If I had a 50-year-old woman who is going through maybe perimenopause, menopausal symptoms, also wants to lose 50 pounds, maybe she's insulin resistant or pre-diabetic, that's who I'm speaking to. So just full full transparency that you always you always want to keep this in mind when you're absorbing content online because it can get very overwhelming and you don't know who to believe, you don't know who to trust because everyone's got an opinion and the thing is they're not wrong. Right? A lot of these opinions are not wrong, but they're not for you. That's what we have to keep in mind of. So there's a lot of um, health coaches or, or wellness practitioners online that might be speaking to hormones, right? They've got a lot of information on hormones, but they don't have information regarding hormones and weight loss. They might have a hormone uh, talk regarding painful periods or trying to get pregnant. That might be the, the basis of their content, but it's not necessarily tailored for women who want to lose weight. Okay. So just keep that, just keep that in mind when you're absorbing content online, because I understand it can be very overwhelming. So ask yourself, who is this person talking to, right? What, what, what feedback are they giving and to who, right? If it's a general population, you can take it, but then look, look at it. Like, is this relevant for a menopausal woman? Is this relevant for a woman in reproductive age who wants to lose 30 pounds? Is this just hormone, um, hormone health tips, but it doesn't really resonate with what my goals are, which might be to lose weight or to fix your irritability. Okay. So if we are overwhelmed by all the information online, first off, I, I want to look at somebody's typical morning, because if I can fix this, then I can most likely fix a lot of the other things in your day, <laughs> right? Because if you wake up and you're doing the things properly to activate the hormones that we that we need to give us energy, to move us into fat burning, to make our mood stable, then you're going to feel a lot better throughout the day. But if you are waking up and setting your day up for essentially exhaustion, irritability, cravings, fat storing hormones, you're going to feel a lot different. So I would prioritize your morning routine. Now, when I've worked with high performers in the last, since, oh my gosh, 2015, 16, I used to do wellness programs in CrossFit before I became a naturopathic doctor, I work with a lot of high performers and the typical, typical routine I would see from them and myself, I did this as well, is I'd wake up and I'd hit snooze. I'd hit snooze always. My eyes felt like they had weights attached to the eyelid and I would always wake up and not remember what day it was. I'm like, are we Saturday? Are we Wednesday? Like what day is it? And I would lie in bed or try to fall asleep for another 15 minutes. Okay. Once I convinced myself that it was time to get up, I worked up the energy, the hype. I'm like, okay, we're getting up now, dragging myself to, to 
pull back the covers, right? Because I'm so tired. I would reach and grab for my phone. And I see a lot of people still doing this. We reach and grab for our phone and we check our emails. We check texts, we check Instagram, we check Facebook, and then we do the 10 minute TikTok scroll. (laughs) Okay. So that's typically what people do when they've committed to actually waking up. Typically after we press news a few times, then we drag our exhausted heavy body across the bed down to the kitchen where we try and drown ourselves in coffee. Okay. We get to the coffee pot and we pour the sweet nectar of the gods into our mouth, either black coffee, or sometimes I see sugar or a sugar filled shot of vanilla chai syrup, right? Something that is loaded in sugar, but it tastes so good. Okay. We drink that. We notice the time. We're of course late as per usual. So now we've got to rush. We've got to jump in the shower. We've got to get ready. We've got to get dressed. We've got to put our hair on makeup. Like it is a basically a cortisol shot. It's not as bad as a tequila shot, but it's like a cortisol shot. Okay. We're running out the door. We grab a granola bar on the way out, or we're vowing to stop at McDonald's, Starbucks for an egg sandwich. Maybe you've got time for the quick oatmeal or a piece of fruit, bagel, egg, muffin. Not ideal, right? These are not hormone supporting foods. And then we rush out the door or we, we rush to a exercise class. I was seeing this a lot in CrossFit where we'd be rushing to the CrossFit class at six or 7 a.m. So why is this harmful? And if you're like holding your your head in your hands, kind of embarrassed because I've totally called you out. It's okay. This was me too. It's okay. This was my clients too. So I just want to highlight why this is potentially hormonally damaging. So the phone first thing in the morning, it does a bunch of things, but the one thing I'm mostly concerned about is the disruption in our cortisol awakening response, the immediate grabbing for the blue light, and then the notifications, right? Puts us in the energy of being on the beck and call for everyone else. Like what are people, what do people need of me for my emails? Who do I have to respond to? Instagram, TikTok, like instead of starting your day up to support you, you're actually starting your, your day out serving other people. So that's one reason I don't like what it does to our cortisol in the morning. And it just creates this feeling of anxiety in the body or this rush in the body. So that would not be the first thing that I would want to do. I totally get that we sometimes have our alarm on our phones. Can we put that in another room? Can we put our phone on airplane mode? Can we commit to turning off our alarm and just leaving it and not doing this mindless scroll? Okay. The second thing that I notice a big problem in morning routines is there's this rush. Okay. Consider a cortisol shot where we've slept in or we've scrolled too much on our phone and now we've got to hustle to get ready. So you can imagine the feelings in your body as you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be late. Right. Maybe you have to go sit in traffic. You're worried about getting to work on time. There's this rush and it's going to set your body up for. Um, blood sugar crashes and and just cortisol heightened cortisol and overstimulated state throughout the day. So ideally, we give ourselves ample time in the morning and it's a little bit slower start so that we can really ease into the day. So I don't love the rush. Okay. Next problem we have is coffee on an empty stomach with no proteins, no fats. This is going to be very harmful for cortisol, but also our insulin levels. So the things responsible for keeping us calm and energized throughout the day, the things responsible for making sure that we're in fat burning modes, if we're taking that coffee on an empty stomach, we're going to be triggering the fat storing, exhausted, moody hormones. Okay. And then the last thing is that 
high carb first meal of the day. Now, breakfast foods, I've got a big beef with breakfast foods. North America, especially, we think our breakfast should be pancakes or waffles or breads, bagels, muffins, granola bars, fruit, like straight fruit. This is a carb central breakfast, very carb heavy. It does nothing for those trying to lose weight or to, to just feel good throughout the day. It is not a high performance breakfast. So I would ditch all of these, all of these things to start supporting your hormones better. Because if you follow this routine, it's, it's no wonder that you feel exhausted throughout the day. You've got energy crashes almost every hour. It seems you rely on caffeine to keep you going in the day. You've got roller coaster moods that are unpredictable. You don't know how you're going to respond to things. You feel like you can't really manage chaos or inconveniences in your life. You're definitely into fat storing mode and you most likely are going to have cravings. So midday, you're going to grab the M&Ms that are sitting in the office, or maybe your kids have those, um, those sweets. I can't remember the name of them, but they're little animal crackers and you dunk them in chocolates. I used to, I grew up on those, <laughs> but you're going to feel powerless and grabbing them from the cupboard and having them as a snack. So the cravings will be very intense, almost uncontrollable. So let's talk about a high performing morning routine for hormones that are in recovery mode. So number one, we ideally want to wake up and go to bed at the same time, even on weekends. So another problem I see is that Friday nights, Saturday nights, clients are staying up to maybe midnight, even like 11 PM at midnight, one, two, three, right. And then they're allowing themselves to sleep in to nine, 10, 11, sometimes even noon the next day. Now, this is going to be a big shot to your body because your circadian rhythm likes predictability and it likes consistency. Now, I'm not saying you have to go to bed at the exact same time on the weekends, but you do want to find some sort of consistency in there. So let's say your normal bedtime is 10. I would try not to go longer than an hour, two hours on the weekend. Okay, same with waking up too. I wouldn't let yourself... Unless you were severely sleep deprived, I wouldn't let yourself go for like a 12 hour sleep on the weekends just because you had the time to. Again, I would try to keep my wake up time relatively consistent. I do this for myself. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I get to work from home. It's amazing. But if I were to, let's say, okay, we, I'm, I'm, I'm a grandma. So I go to bed at, I'm in bed by eight. <laughs> I'm like whispering that. I go to bed fairly, fairly early. I just, I like it. I'm asleep nine, I think the latest 10 weekends. If we stay up a little bit later, I still try the next day to wake up relatively the same time as I would during the week, just to make sure my body is, is consistent. There's a predictability going on. So just be mindful of that. Again, you don't have to nail it completely, but don't let there be huge variations in the sleep and wake up time every single weekend. And again, once in a while, let's say you have a wedding, you're up to 3am the next morning you sleep in every once in a while, that is totally fine, but you will notice you feel worse on Monday. Okay. That that's a given you will feel worse on Monday. So let's just not make it a routine. Okay. Next up, when you wake up, phone has to be on airplane mode. Please do not switch it off airplane mode. You can turn your alarm off or have your phone in another room. Just turn that alarm off. Okay. Do not do the morning scroll, please. When you wake up, if location permits and the season permits, I would try to get natural sunlight right away. So ideally right direct outside. 
no glasses, obviously don't look at the sun, but just get yourself exposed to the natural sunlight. It's going to help your circadian rhythm and light hygiene is a big component to successful weight loss. Right? Often we don't get morning sunlight. We just get artificial lights. We're in artificial lights all day. Then we come home and we've got artificial lights in our house and it completely disrupts our circadian rhythm and our insulin response. Okay. So blood sugar and our bodies converting the calories into fuel or into fat. So if you can get into natural sunlight, if it's a summertime and you wake up at a reasonable hour and you can get into natural sunlight, that is what I would do. That is what I do in spring, summer, and into fall. If you can't, I would turn on um, the the lights, like artificial lights are going to be bit better. I wouldn't stay in the dark and, and slowly work into my day in the dark. I wouldn't do that. I would turn the lights on. There's happy lights you can get on Amazon. You could use your red light if you wanted to, but just turning the lights on are going to help, especially in the winter. And as soon as you can get access to that sun, I would just go and just spend even five minutes in getting the, the sun's rays. Now in the morning, I like to do some light stretching or body movement, even if it's just wiggling the hips or the shoulders or the neck, something to start the day off. I do intention setting. So I will have this notebook. So I go outside and I have this notebook where I write down my intentions, my life intentions, maybe for the day. And I do gratitude and appreciation because it puts my body into this high frequency state and just feels good to look around you and, and really appreciate everything that you have in your life. So I love to set my day with that attitude of everything is beautiful and everything is magical. I'm so grateful for the people, places, experiences, things that I have in my life. I'll look for even small moments to appreciate. So a flower budding or the hummingbirds checking out my flowers or just maybe the rain, like a beautiful rain that's happening. Taking a moment to really anchor in and feel the appreciation. I don't do um, gratitude in, in my in my notebook anymore because I found I was really rushing through it and just trying to write it down. The feeling is what matters. So I'll look around me and just point out the things that I really appreciate and let that feeling fill my body. Gratitude, appreciation is the most beautiful frequencies and it's so magnetic to be around somebody who is incredibly grateful and appreciative of everything they have. So I make sure to start my day with that energy uh, because then everything else just feels a lot more effortless through the day. So just as a recap, I'll go outside, sit in our, on our porch, and I'll first write out my intentions, the things that I'm calling in, my desires, and then I'll look around me and spend some time in gratitude and appreciation. And again, it's very quick. This is like 30 seconds to a minute, but I want to get that feeling in my body. Okay. Now at this point, you can have a coffee, but I'd make sure to pair it with either a protein or a fat. I love my bulletproof coffees. I love MCT butter in my in my coffee or chai, whatever I'm having, matcha, whatever you're having in the mornings. I like to have that. It gives me lovely energy. So I love to have that morning coffee because, or the morning high fat drink because it gives me lots of energy. It gives me um, stable blood sugar levels and makes sure that I'm fueled for the rest of the day. Okay, next up we have our morning walk. So I really love a morning walk, ideally in nature to start the day. It just totally grounds my stress response. So depending on how much time, I, I would recommend waking up 30 minutes early so that you can start a walk, like a morning walk in your day. If you can't, 15 minutes, that's gonna be awesome, right? Just to start your day in nature. Um, but ideally, like sedentary behavior is is really it's being shown to be as um risky or as harmful as smoking. So 
I'm really pushing a lot of my clients to just get out and move, like move your body, walk. I do 30, 45 minutes of walking per day. I love to walk. I love to hike. It's my favorite form of exercise, but we do about a 30 minute walk in the morning with our dogs in the forest. I'm so grateful that we live in a property that I can experience that. But if you, if you can go on a sidewalk or a park, or even just around your subdivision, that would be amazing too. If it's really hot in the summers, can you go first thing in the morning in nature to start your day? And then worst case treadmill, elliptical, something like that. And the last thing I want to talk about for a structured morning routine would be the first meal of the day. You want it to have high protein, high anti-inflammatory fats. So I talked about a lot of those breakfasts that we associate with breakfast being bagels, egg muffins, pancakes, waffles, you know, fruits. They're very high carb and they'll cause an insulin roller coaster. So the first meal of the day, you want to think high protein, high anti-inflammatory fats. So for me, I typically eat for the first meal of the day what I had the lot the night before for dinner. So it might be ground turkey, ground beef, chicken, salmon with stir-fried vegetables, um, maybe an avocado or olive oil. That's my first meal. I don't typically have breakfast foods because I know that they're not they're not serving my body at all. So you want that first meal of the day to be high protein, high anti-inflammatory fat. Now, this is if you have just a basic few hours in the morning, extended morning routines. I take as an entrepreneur, I take my morning routines very seriously. I might do cold immersion. Usually I do that in the afternoon, but you could do a cold immersion or a cold shot shower. You could do a face dunking in cold water too, just to set your morning off. I'll spend time in front of my red light. I'll do probably five minutes of my face and then I'll do top of my head too. Um, I do my yoga in the morning always after my, my walk, I'll come back and, and practice yoga. You could do oil pulling, which is coconut oil, swishing it in your mouth for 20 minutes. You can just Google oil pulling or I will practice my Spanish. If I, if you have a hobby or something, maybe a book, you could do that before you start the day. But this all depends on what your morning routine looks like. If you're rushing kids out the door, if you got to be at work a certain time, but take this seriously because a lot of people I've talked to say they don't have time, but then I actually look at their morning routine and they're wasting you know, 15 minutes by pressing snooze. They're wasting 15 minutes scrolling on Instagram. They're 15 minutes, you know, rushing around doing things that should have been done the night before. Like take this seriously and you might have to plan. There might have to be some prep the night before. You've got to look at ways to make things more efficient. Whenever I'm thinking about my health, there's either problem, problem focused people or solution focused people. And I myself have really trained myself to be solution focused. So if I'm looking at my morning and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to, to adjust my morning. That's the attitude where it's problem focused. You won't find a solution to it. But if you look at it from, okay, my morning routine is very hectic right now. I'm trying to manage so many people. What can I make more efficient? What needs to change? Where do I need support? Even one thing like having lunches prepped the night before, right? That could be one thing that makes all the difference for you. We have our first meal of the day prepped the night before because we make enough for dinner so that we can have it for that first meal. Okay, maybe it is going to bed a little bit earlier instead of watching TV so that you don't need to snooze in the morning, but there's always a solution. There's always a solution. So you have to really train yourself to step out of that problem-focused attitude and into a, what is the solution in this? I can see the problem and it's okay to, to say out the problem. Like, here's my challenges. Here's the obstacles. Here's where I'm struggling. 
And then you find a solution from that point. But I know a lot of people will just accept defeat. They'll say, there's no way I've got three kids. I got to get them off to work and that's it. They, they don't accept anything else. But I've worked with many clients who have three kids, five kids, right? They're working a full-time job. Their partner's working. I've worked with single moms. And if they have the attitude of solution focused, we can always find a way. There's always something we can adjust, but we've got to take personal responsibility for it. And we've got to approach things with a curiosity and a creative and creativity to be able to make those adjustments. All right, my loves, thank you so much for joining me today. As always, if you're looking for help and support on your weight loss journey, if you know your hormones are a hot mess, they need to be in recovery mode. If you want to lose that weight, I will leave a link in the show notes to book a complimentary call to see if my woman-focused weight loss protocol is a good fit for you. Thank you for joining me today. and I'll see you in the next show.